the following radio show takes place between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Events occur in fake time. Wrong. Alright, here we go to close out the week. It is Wednesday, May 19th, 2021, and we are doing yet another edition of Simulation Radio Live. Welcome, everybody. Good evening. Well, kind of evening. It's evening over here on the East Coast. It's probably not the evening over in every other coast, at least west of us. If, if you're listening to uh, to the show in Europe... Which I've heard that there's a lot of there's a decent amount of people, by the way. It's it's like it's like midnight for you guys over there. But good evening regardless. I will uh be here for the next hour and we will talk about plenty of good stuff. We've got Entertainment Club coming up a little bit later on in our second segment. We'll have Reach for the Sky at the end. But first, I have a little bit of a problem tonight, ladies and gentlemen, which is that I need to go get something. And We've been offered at work, despite the fact that tomorrow is my last day, which means tomorrow is the last day that I have the ability to do this, I have to go find a vaccine card. Now, I know that uh, unofficially it's possible to get vaccine cards if, uh, if you haven't been vaccinated yet. Look, I know the easy solution is to just go get vaccinated, but look, I've heard plenty of things about people getting sick. Plus, I've already had COVID. I definitely have the antibodies already. And look, I am not in the the demographic where I think that COVID is a danger to me or nor do I have the ability to not that I couldn't transmit it to others if I caught it, but it's just such a low risk thing. And especially if you're despite the fact that we don't have to wear masks, masks or continue social distancing anymore, it's still it still feels like it's generally not going to be, uh, as long as you're careful, you can do your due diligence in making sure that you don't spit in other people's mouths and go have COVID regularly. But I'm looking for a vaccine card because we're getting offered a $75 bonus for just plain old being vaccinated. That's all you got to do. If you're in an employment situation where you can, uh, when where you're around people a lot and your employer is offering you a bonus. I've heard of a lot of new hire bonuses, especially for like food service, for instance, that uh, that are offering a very hefty vaccination bonus for new hires. And we're kind of doing that. Obviously, we're only paying 75 bucks. They're only paying 75 bucks over at Walmart. But other real places are offering as much as like maybe 150 to 300 dollars. If you got a vaccine card, but you know, a free $75 does not sound that bad to me. So I might have to be doing a little bit of uh, some some Photoshop work after the show. I mean, uh, that was that was unofficial, by the way. Unofficially, I might have to uh, look into some some Photoshop work after the show. But that's what I'm going to have to do. That's what's on my mind right now. But we will continue to press on because we have updates from stories last week, we have just late-breaking updates because it's especially important. Now, we talked a lot last week about the Colonial Pipeline attack, and there's been some more breaking information about the Colonial Pipeline attack, namely that the communication system is down once again over at Colonial. They are just really shitting the bed here. They do not have any idea what's going on. Because the Colonial Pipeline communication system went down yesterday, nearly a week after Colonial recovered from crippling cyber attacks that sparked panic buying and gas shortages. So, sure, they got the pipeline back online last week, or towards the end of the week last week, but the problems for Colonial press on because 
Now their communication system is down. The company confirmed in a statement that it was experiencing system outages, leaving shippers unable to plan fuel shipments. And while it's unclear what caused the issue, Colonial said the barrels are still continuing to flow on the line despite the down system. So fortunately, if you're thinking about maybe going out and buying some more fucking gas then you don't have to do that anymore because fortunately, according to Colonial, at least according to their public statement, they are continuing to flow. Oil is still getting out. Gas is still getting to people. And you're not going to have uh, you're not going to have anything to worry about there. However, Gas Buddy analyst Patrick DeHaan said the issue isn't as consequential as the pipeline being down. And while that's true, he also added that if it's not resolved quickly, it could become more disruptive. So it's something that, you know, they can catch up from fairly quickly. They can maybe get their systems back online, especially if the oil is still flowing. Then, you know, they don't have to to skip a beat here. These issues, he also said, were not related to the ransomware or any type of reinfection. So it's not the ransomware attack that was uh, brought on by Darkside. Darkside. It wasn't them, fortunately. Colonial shipping nomination system is operated by a third party called Transport 4, which handles similar logistics for other pipeline companies. And Colonial has been using the system to schedule fuel de- deliveries while operations are return- returning to normal. But, look, the system's down, so you're gonna have to figure this out, Colonial. You gotta, gotta sort this out here. Colonial Pipeline did fall victim to the cyber attack, and they were reported to have paid nearly $5 million in cryptocurrency. However, A new report also came out this week that hackers behind the Colonial Pipeline attack may have received up to $90 million in Bitcoin before shutting down. That's that's only a casual just $85 million difference there. Now, the $90 million that they received was not exclusively from the Colonial Pipeline attack. It was actually from other ransomware and other companies that they've targeted in these schemes. While Colonial reportedly paid $5 million, on Friday, London-based blockchain analytics firm Epilyptic, there we go, words are hard, said it identified the Bitcoin wallet used by DarkSide to collect random payments from its victims, which gave them information about other cryptocurrency transactions that were occurring between the DarkSide hacker group, the DarkSide hacker group, and other companies. In a new blog post that was posted yesterday, Elliptic and Darkside and its affiliates bagged at least $90 million in ransom Bitcoin payments, according to Elliptic. That's what they said, not they weren't part of it. To our knowledge, said Tom Robinson, who was Elliptic's co-founder and chief scientist, this analysis includes all payments made to Darkside. However, further transactions may yet to be uncovered, and the figures here should be considered a lower bound. So they probably earned more than $90 million, actually. They, they, they got way more than that, but $90 million was just what they could find based on an investigation into the, the crypto wallets that all the money was being deposited into. Elliptic also said that Darkside's Bitcoin wallet contained $5.3 million worth of the digital currency before its funds were drained last week. So the government went in, seized all of the Bitcoin money, they seized all of the assets from Darkside's uh, crypto wallets, and now, unfortunately, the hacker group Darkside will not live to see another day of terrorizing these poor, defenseless, multi-million dollar companies that only want nothing besides to just provide service to the people, and then we've got hacker groups trying to take them out. Look, it's okay. We stopped them. The government stopped them, ladies and gentlemen, so there's nothing to worry about. To give a little bit of a breakdown into the $90 million, apparently about 15 and a half of that million dollars went to Darkside's developer, which is the developer of the ransomware attack, the people who actually wrote the code and, you know, did all the things. And $74.5 million went to its affiliates. So the people that were behind the scenes, I suppose, of the ransomware attack. I don't really know what else you could be doing besides developing the ransomware. What Do you you need ransomware marketing people? Are there people that are going out and buying ads on, like, social media for, oh, buy my hacker ransomware product. It's the best. And it really just kicks everybody else's hacking software right in the ass. Is that, 
I, I guess $74.5 million needs to go to just ransomware marketing. That's that's fine. So overall, the Colonial Pipelines, while they may be back online, their communication systems are down, and they might also have paid uh, more than $5 million in, in cryptocurrencies. So as we see people start to return to normal, at least at the gas station, I, I don't know what normal is. People are... Uh, People are crazy at gas stations. Only the craziest people go to go to gas stations to hang out, which, God, I feel bad for a lot of those people that have to work at gas stations. And even that go to gas stations to hang out because they just, they seem a little, uh, they seem a little mentally unstable. So that I would like to believe, I would like to believe that this is the conclusion of the Colonial Pipeline story because we have heard God knows how many details about this, and honestly, it's a little bit more than I want to know, to be honest. Because, look, got my gas, people aren't freaking out as much anymore, and so maybe that can be the conclusion to this story. I want to, Let's talk about China. Yeah, let's talk about China for a second, because China has done something very interesting. Speaking of cryptocurrencies, China's banning them all. China thought, you know what? We want to get them out of here. Now, it's not actually just an explicit ban on the cryptocurrency. In an edict published yesterday by three Chinese finance companies, the National Internet Finance Association of China, the China Banking Association, and the Payment and Clearing Association of China, these three organizations banded together and decided to just say goodbye to to cryptocurrency. Now, this does not stop their private trading, however. The only limitation here is that banks are forbidden to allow their customers access to crypto trading or storage and are told not to provide insurance to cryptocurrency businesses or investments. So you're not allowed to do business transactions with crypto anymore. You're not allowed to have insurance policies on crypto holdings that you might have. And you're not allowed to do essentially anything related to crypto because China's scared. It's got its own fiat digital currency, the digital yuan, which is being used in increasingly high-profile and high-scale tests. And that digital currency, the China's digital fiat currency, will also make it possible to track transactions while ungoverned digital currencies retain some promise of relative anonymity. So China, that's obviously the headline that most people see, right? It's the big breaking China bans crypto. And that's not exactly the case, but it's close enough to the case to essentially uh, functionally crash the market. And that is exactly what happened today. If you checked, if you're a crypto investor and you checked your portfolio this morning, you probably got one of those, oh shit, what the fuck is happening feelings because this, this did cause essentially all of crypto to uh to take a very significant dip this morning so not financial advice i would this is not official financial advice everybody so do not sue me about this but now is a fantastic time to buy crypto because guess what it's still gonna go back up crypto's only going up you know in the long term you look at the charts it is only going up so take advantage of this now especially while it's below forty thousand right now if uh, if you're new to investing or if you're not really familiar with crypto, then look into it. It is actually possible on a lot of the major apps that people use to trade stocks. And it's a good way to maybe dip your toes into the, the crypto investment uh, schematic right now. So again, this is not financial advice. It, you might make money off it and it is not financial advice, but just don't, don't, don't sue me, please. Don't sue me. Just make a lot of money. Buy all the cryptos right now. Just go onto whatever phone you have. Buy every single one of them. Just dump all of your money into it. And then in like a month or two, check it again, and you'll be looking pretty solid. The new rules in China follow a 2019 People's Bank of China decision to block access to all cryptocurrency exchanges and initial coin offering services. China has also discouraged cryptocurrency mining operations, despite the fact that China is actually one of the largest uh, cryptocurrency mining operations that exist. Sure, they're banning it, and also in 2019, despite the fact that they're banning it, President Xi Jinping gave a speech in which he 
he praised blockchain technology and called for its adoption to improve the efficiency of China's economy. So China's okay with with blockchain technology, and I'm definitely not the first person to admit that I don't know shit about the the relationship between blockchain and crypto and all of like the inner mechanics of how it works. I just I just like seeing money go up. I that's that's all I want to do. I just want to see I just want to see green. I want to see the song. I want to see the stonks. I want to see it go up and up and do tons of cool things. And I personally do not actually care about how it works. I That's a lie. I kind of care about how it works. I just am not really interested in researching it. But if you are, it's actually a really interesting piece of information to know. So take care of that. Also, uh, buy crypto. Not financial advice, but buy crypto. While we're in China, while we've headed down there and done our little investigation of doing doing the crypto, of uh, their banning of crypto, China is sincerely sorry for something. More specifically, a Chinese safari and zoo is sincerely sorry for not telling the public that there were escaped leopards that were on the loose. They just... Some leopards get out. China decides, this, specifically this safari decides, you know what? Let's just not tell anybody. We're just going to let it, we're just going to let them out and not alert the general public of it. Two of the animals have been captured, but the third one is still on the loose. He is still out there. Look, I know they found India, the Houston tiger, but this leopard is, it's still on the loose over in China. So people in China, you need to, you need to go get on this. Got to find him. A safari park in eastern China is facing criticism for concealing the escape of three of its leopards over a week ago. The safari park reported that the missing leopards were, they escaped as early as last Saturday, and they alerted the public, but villagers reported seeing animals as early as uh, two or three weeks ago. So, eventually, they came out and said that, alright, they got out, we're officially warning people, but bystanders and citizens were claiming that wait what the fuck is that is that is that no no it's gonna eat me it's unclear how the leopards managed to escape those searching for the animal however were using equipment such as drones as well as hunting dogs so there were people out there actually using drones they were using they were flying them out there they were flying them looking for the leopard, and they also gathered hunting dogs. They used hunting dogs to try and find this leopard, which, by the way, is an animal interaction that I want to see very, very badly. I really want to see a dog interact with a leopard, maybe have a little bit of a fight. I don't know. The leopard was spotted by a drone as early as Sunday, the Sunday before that, but fled when people attempted to approach it. So... Of course the leopard's going to run away. You think that the leopard's going to look at a drone and or a person? It would probably be more likely to, to look at a drone and maybe fuck with it, kind of. Unless the drone is super intimidating and might just kill the leopard, which I don't think people would want to do, but... The delay in announcing the escape sparked criticism that the park had put people at risk, especially since the leopards were at large over China's five-day Labor Day holidays. So China has a major holiday that spans five days. It's their equivalent of Labor Day. And there might have been innocent bystanders, bystanders, innocent bystanders that were just accompanied by a leopard and they're out there. The safari park said, they're extremely sorry. Aw, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, they get a little little nipple rub. Oh, no, that was a different that was a different South Park episode. I'm sorry. As the young leopards were believed to be less aggressive, the park said it did not make the announcement to prevent causing panic amongst the public. So supposedly their rationale behind this was, all right, they're, they're tiny little baby leopards. They're just going to run around and do tiny little baby leopard stuff and probably not harm anybody. So the Chinese safari thought, hey, this is fine. We'll just let them out there and we're not going to tell anybody about it. Despite the fact that, you know, people had recorded incidents of seeing them in public before they it was officially announced. The safari park, unfortunately for those wanting to go and see them, has been temporarily closed 
while it reviews safety and management issues. So, man, China, you really got to get your stuff together because, wow, first you're banning crypto and now you're letting wild leopards on the loose. Really got to figure that out. Finally, before we go to break, an Ohio middle school has students who allegedly put urine, semen, and potentially some other interesting things on food served to teachers. This story comes out of Delaware County in Ohio, which, by the way, if you have a county that's named after another state in your state, that is the dumbest fucking thing that I have ever heard of in my entire life. That's not true, but it's it's at least in the top five. It, it's got to be in the top five, right? Delaware County in in Ohio, several middle school students are under investigation there for allegedly putting their bodily fluids into food that was served to them and then eventually to teachers, according to a CBS Ohio affiliate, WBNS. The incident allegedly occurred Thursday at Hyatt's Middle School in Powell in a global gourmet class. The Olentangy Local School District. What the fuck? What the fuck is this name, by the way? Okay, I get that you gotta have names for your stuff that coincides with tradition. And okay, so for instance, here in Orlando, there's a street called Ikenlakachi. It's like 14 fucking 20 letters long. It is absolutely stupid. And we just call it Econ for short. It, you gotta stop doing this. I get that that you have tradition behind your names but you got to make them easy to pronounce at least okay which i know that we talked the yesterday about penn state changing the the class denominations based on or bucking tradition and changing the class denominations but in this case changing tradition is fine because i would like to be able to fucking pronounce the name of this school district okay i'd like to do that just maybe in this school district, though, during a student cooking competition, students allegedly contaminated the food that they were serving to teachers judging the contest. So it's unclear as to why they did it. They were alleged to have put urine or semen into crepes that were fed to the teachers, which it's middle school. Of course, kids are going to do shit like that. Not literal shit like that, but uh, of course, kids are going to do things like that, such as putting urine and semen into crepes fed to teachers. The sheriff's office is investigating, but fortunately, it's inconclusive right now, and no charges have been filed. I don't know why that's fortunately, but, you know, we got to make sure that there's a proper investigation into middle school students coming and pissing on crepes that they're serving to teachers. Look, this, I've, I knew some fucking degenerates in middle school, as I'm sure you all did, and some of them doing something like this is not entirely unheard of, and if this has happened anywhere near you, then it probably didn't make local news or it probably didn't make national news. In fact, I want to hear stories from you guys because you are out there and you're leaving comments and I want to hear those comments from you. If Did you guys know any super degenerates in middle school? And if you did, I want to hear about the most degenerate person that you knew in middle school. Maybe the person that you knew was going to get into some shit when they got older. And maybe you followed up on them, too, and saw exactly what kind of shit they were getting into when they got older. But I want to hear some middle school stories, people. Leave a comment in the video. Follow on social media, at Simulation Radio. And I really want to hear some of these uh, some of these middle school horror stories. Because middle school kids are fucking dumb, people. They're stupid. They're dumb as fuck. Nobody knows what the hell they're thinking at 12 years old. They're just fucking riddled by emotion and their feelings and hormones. But let me know your uh, your middle school degenerate stories because I really want to hear that middle school kids are fucking crazy and it it's just great. It's great. Not this. I, I'm not saying that pissing and coming on, on crepes that are being fed to teachers is good, but it's at least funny. One charge that could apply is felony assault because it happened at school and against a teacher. An attorney representing one of the suspects told WBNS, the CBS affiliate in Ohio, that he urges everyone to use caution before reaching any conclusions. 
He said this easily could have been a prank that may have been mocked up for the purposes of creating a video. Oh, what a surprise. Of course, in fucking 2021, that this is what's on the middle middle school kids' minds is making a viral social media post. Maybe we'll put it on TikTok and it'll go viral. Huh? I get it because we're coming and pissing on food that we're giving to teachers. That's just great. Man, they're running official lab tests, too, according to the sheriff's office. They're being conducted to verify the substance involved. Uh, what? Oh, God. I, I get that lab professionals are just that. They're professionals, right? But I, I don't want to have to be the lab professional that has to fucking sit there and run middle school kids semen through, uh, through the, the whatever fucking machine that they use that... that does all the science. <laughs> no one from the school district would speak on camera. Wow, that that surprises me a whole lot. It actually doesn't. Qu quote, we don't know if urine or semen was ever placed in anyone's food. I don't know how the school would, would know that, according to the attorney representing one of the suspects. He also said this easily could have been a just a prank, which, you know, we got to already. I still think that... Uh, that doesn't really let them off the hook here. And what are they going to charge the middle school kids with? It's not like they can be charged as adults for... for what, what was the charge? It was a felony assault. That seems like kind of a stretch, right? I mean, unless one of the middle school kids has a fucking STD or something, then... Uh, look, what you don't know in your food doesn't hurt you. If you're eating a crepe and you don't know what's in it, just you just got to roll with it, man. You just got to roll with, with it like the teacher should have. And that's just how it goes from there. It's, it's I talked about this earlier this week, but it's kind of like knowing what's in a hot dog. You don't want to know what's in a hot dog. And once you do, you're disgusted for a little bit, but then it ultimately changes nothing because you just want to eat that fucking hot dog and move on with your life and move on with your day and have it be a little bit full. God, we have a really good hot dog place by us. It's called Hot Dog Heaven. It's in Orlando. And it's literally the best hot dog that I've ever had in my entire life. It's just this local, local, uh, uh, fucking hole in the wall place that you go to. It's closed on Mondays for some reason, which is the only day that I've ever wanted to go. Two out of the three times I've gone, the only one of them I've been able to go, and the other two times I've been on a Monday and they've been closed. The second time I went on a Monday and I forgot that they were closed on Monday. Kind of like how you drive in the Chick-fil-A parking lot on a Sunday and sit your dumb ass there for like 20 minutes. Yeah, that was me. So when we come back, we're going to do Entertainment Club. We've got a bunch of stories. Really juicy stories, actually. We've got Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle strikes again. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governator, is going to be in a new in a new Netflix spy drama, and Queen Elizabeth II is devastated because yet another thing close to her has died, and we will find out about it when we come back. Simulation Radio. Simulation Radio. Entertainment Club, coming up very shortly. But first, I would like to give all the people listening out there a couple of reminders, because we've had a little bit of an increased interest in the show recently, and if you would like to be part of the, uh, the growth that the show is putting out, then make sure that you're following on social media, because I post a lot on there, show updates, uh, ways to get involved, ways to make your, your voice heard, and you can do all of that at Simulation Radio on everything. It is at Simulation Radio on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitch, on Twitter, on every fucking thing, even, even TikTok. I'm not posting anything on it yet, just uh, maybe it's a placeholder, 
it might I'm just saying that it's there for posturing purposes. That's it. Just to say that we have one. Because look, TikTok is the dumbest fucking social media that's ever existed. But, you know, I, I have to reserve the name Simulation Radio on it just in case. You know, just in case. Follow it anyway. I'm not never gonna use it. Follow all the other ones, actually. And also don't forget to share the shows when they come up. Because especially now, as the shows, the live show is posted. The recording of it is posted on Facebook and YouTube. The full full show, if you, even if you want to listen to the music at the beginning, the you know the radio station, forty five minutes of it before we start the show, then share it all because that will get you more involved. That will get you, you know, to increase your involvement in the the community here as it starts to grow. You can chat with others, chat with me while we're doing the show, while we're doing live breaking radio content, and. You know, it's just a good time. We've seen some increased interest lately, and I want to uh, welcome everybody and thank you all for listening because you're all just sexy, beautiful people out there. And I'm really looking forward to uh, I, I'm looking forward to this healthy relationship of of working with you all. Uh, just pure pure business transaction. No, I'm just kidding. I love you all. Also. Someone, one of the chatters noted last night that they were, they're really hoping for a way to financially support the show, which I'm going to be working on that this weekend. I will have our Patreon live by the end of the weekend. And there's a section on that if you go to simulationradio.net, because that's, that's our website. I'm sorry that simulationradio.com was taken by some random fucking music player that looks like it was built in the 90s. And I'll probably have to pay like 10 grand for that, that domain one day. But. We'll get there. We'll get there. But for now, simulationradio.net slash live. That's where you can get information about the live shows. We broadcast Monday through Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, at least for this show, Simulation Radio Live. The very interesting show with all the fellas that airs Thursday evenings at 11 p.m. Eastern. So we got two Simulation Radio products that are currently active, live, and exist and we might have a might have a third one coming down in the pipeline. So stay tuned. So I know Simulation Radio. It's my baby, and I'm growing it as an up and coming uh, thing. And we're still in that growth process. So stick along with us, and we'll make it worth it. Because I'm trying to put out the most interesting content possible. You know, even even ironically, even in a show that's called the Very Interesting Show, at least some of it's going to be interesting. So follow along with that, and if you're looking to support the show financially, then stay tuned for that, and I will definitely have some news on that on Monday's Simulation Radio Live. We'll, we'll get some updates there. So let's do Entertainment Club. My god, a spider just crawled, up, crawled across my desk. It's a little distracting. Ah! Get it out of here. Anyway, Gwyneth Paltrow is another person that probably uh, has had some spiders crawling up places in her lifetime, and she's in trouble, and she's being sued for $5 million, at least her lifestyle company, Goop. God, that's that's such a disgusting-sounding word, is Goop. Goop is being sued for more than $5 million in damages by a Texas man who claims that the actress's infamous $75 this smells like my vagina candle exploded in his home just hours after he lit it for the first time. So to give a little bit of a backstory here, a, a few months ago, and I think it was last year, Gwyneth Paltrow launched an ironic uh, candle line called, I don't know exactly what it was called, but I think it was, uh, the point of it was, this smells like my vagina. In fact, I will put this, I'll put the, I'll put the camera or the candle on the screen here that way you can see what it looks like look this smells like my vagina you're missing out by the way if you're not watching the video version of the show at youtube.com slash simulation radio look at this this smells like my vagina it was originally meant to be a joke but a lot of people took it seriously because Gwyneth Paltrow is not a real person after all we heard last week that she caved in the pandemic by eating bread oh my god she ate bread and some pasta So look, she's not a real person. So clearly, it's not unreasonable to think that people would take this seriously when a product like this comes out. It was meant to be ironic, but when it came out, people took it seriously and thought, wait a minute, do people actually want to have a candle that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina? 
Elton John did apparently, and that was that was that was kind of weird. Texas resident Colby Watson has launched a class action lawsuit against the lifestyle brand and is seeking damages of at least five million dollars. He claims that he purchased the tongue-in-cheek candle goop. That's still fucking. That's still a gross word. Oops, sorry, camera back on me. That's still a gross word. And lit it for the first time you know, on February 6th, where it, quote, exploded everywhere. Wow. what Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle exploded everywhere. What a surprise. That comes as just a complete and utter shock to me that something that's related to Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina just blew up in a giant sea of goop. <laughs> Ugh. Yuck. In legal documents, Mr. Watson insists that the candle was lit for an estimated three hours or less before it became engulfed in high flames. Now, the thing about this is that the candle specifically has a disclaimer on it that says that it should not be lit for more than two hours. However, Mr. Watson admitted that that it was lit for an estimated three hours or less when it allegedly exploded. He adds that the nightstand on which he placed the candle was left with a black burn ring and and the jar itself is now charred and black as it became engulfed in flames before exploding and leaving his room filled with smoke. The plaintiff and his legal team insist that this warning is inadequate because it fails to address the known danger of what happens to the candles if they are allowed to stay lit for longer periods of time. So despite the fact that there's a disclaimer on this product... Mr. Colby Watson is filing a class action lawsuit saying, look, that warning is not good enough. That warning, it's not prominent enough. It fails to address the known danger of what happens to candles. I don't know if the candle tells you I'm not down for this candle at all in any capacity. But look, if the candle tells you that you should not leave it lit for longer than two hours, then you probably should not leave it longer for two leave it lit for longer than two hours and if you are then you're you should probably be liable for the consequences right let me know what you think about this do you think that a disclaimer like that is adequate enough to uh to maybe cause this person to uh be in be at fault here so let me know what you think leave a comment in the video and We'll either talk about it tomorrow on the very interesting show, or I'll round out round up some comments and we'll we'll go over them on Monday. The Texas resident is seeking in excess of five million dollars in damages, which also calls for Goop to provide compensation for anyone else who claims to have suffered a similar incident with their own with their own candle. And there actually was an incident from Jody Thompson in age 50, alleged in January that her candle had suddenly caught fire and created an inferno in her home. So this is not the first case that we have had of Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle just fucking exploding and engulfing things into flames. (laughs) There's a joke here about Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina engulfing things into flames, but, you know, there's there's like a middle part there that you got to set up, but I'll let you I'll let you guys put that one together. Look, this smells like my penis is another is another candle that was made in response. Like a kind of like a sarcastic one. Look, if a guy did that, if a, if an attractive male celebrity did that, there is no way that that would go over as well as uh as well as if Gwyneth Paltrow did it. Let's see. Colby Watson eventually got it under control and just threw the candle. He yeeted the candle out the front door as soon as he saw that it was burning things and He needs to get it out of there. (laughs) A spokesperson for Goop hit back at Mr. Watson's claims, insisting that his lawsuit is nothing but a frivolous attempt to secure an outsized payout. That seems like kind of unfortunate PR speak. We're confident this claim is frivolous and an attempt to secure an outsized payout from a press-heavy product, the spokesperson said. We stand behind the brands we carry and the safety of the products we sell. Here at Heretic, which is the brand that supplies the candle, of... Of course it is. Fucking of course it is. Has substantiated the product's performance and safety through industry standard testing. So what do you think? Is this person liable despite the fact that there's a warning on the candle? Now, I don't know how prominent the warning is on the candle or how easy it is to miss. Maybe that's another factor that could be involved in the lawsuit here. Because I know that there's a legal precedent for having disclaimers like that potentially uh, not being visible or not actually being prominent enough to have the public heed the warning. So 
Let me know what you think about that. Let me know if you think that uh, Colby Watson should be liable or culpable for having the candle explode. Okay, look, to be fair, he's safe. He yeeted it out the window. He got it out of there. And it will. It, Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle will no longer be be burning the innocent good people of Texas. The governor's back, ladies and gentlemen. He is back. And I'm not sure if you want to get to Tachapa yet, but you might need to after you hear about Arnold Schwarzenegger's father-daughter spy drama that Netflix has picked up. It's so far untitled, and also no premiere date has been set, but the Schwarzenegger is returning to acting, the governor, he's returning to acting. Now, I'm not sure if this is his first acting gig since governorship, right? I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure he's done a couple of other things since uh, since his political stint as California's governor. I, To be fair, I don't follow the entertainment world necessarily all that much, except for when it comes to stories like this that enter the news. But has Arnold Schwarzenegger been in any other movies or legitimately anything since this? It's an untitled father-daughter spy drama, and it's been picked up for eight-hour-long episodes by Netflix. So it's coming soon. A, a spy drama with Arnold Schwarzenegger definitely does not just sound like generic cookie-cutter shit. It's created by Nick Santora, who created Jack Reacher, or at least was uh, responsible for the current iteration of Jack Reacher. The show follows a dad and offspring, which, by the way, Jack Reacher was not actually terrible. It was not that bad. Obviously, it was kind of trite, and it had generic action stuff in it. But, you know, if you're looking for a good time, it, it wasn't actually that bad. The show follows a dad and his daughter, played by Schwarzenegger and Monica Barbaro from Top Gun Maverick and Chicago PD. I, don't, I could believe it. She's got the... A similar complexion to potentially be Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, daughter. It tackles universal family dynamics set against a global backdrop of spies, fantastic action, and humor after they're forced to partner for an assignment. Ah, what wacky hijinks will be ensuing here? A father and daughter are going to be forced to work together as secret spies. Oh my god. Fans from all over the world have been asking me for a wild ride like this for years, and now they're finally going to get it, in a statement that was made by the governator himself. It's produced by Skydance TV, and it's his first television product. He's beyond pumped to start working on the show, and no premiere date has been set. <laughs> that's unfortunate. It sounds kind of dumb. Maybe that's just me. <sighs> Queen Elizabeth, though... Ladies and gentlemen, she I can imagine that she's very sad because her dog is dead. Her dog is dead, ladies and gentlemen. A puppy that was bought for her after her late husband, Prince Philip, fell ill, as reportedly died. It was a dachshund corgi mix named Fergus, and it was only five months old at the time of its death, according to a report. So, oh, poor Queen Elizabeth. Everything around her is dying. It's such a shame. What is she going to do now? Her husband's dead. Her dog is dead. Her other dog will probably die soon at some point, too, because everything around her dies, except for her, somehow. She's still alive. Everything around her just crumbles to the ground in death, and she's still there. She's still there somehow. I bet there is nothing more than that Queen Elizabeth wants to do besides to just take a take a gun and put it up to her head, maybe pull the trigger and just join join Prince Philip in the afterlife. Just end it all because everything around her is already dead. And so it's only natural that she would follow. She's never going to die though. She's like Betty White. She is never going to pass away. Apparently, oh, fun piece of trivia actually. I've heard that the BBC has like 24 hours worth of pre-scheduled programming that's ready to go once Queen Elizabeth dies. They have specials. They've got just about everything that you could possibly want, and they've got it all ready to go. And they do that with a lot of other celebrities, actually. It's just in interesting piece of uh, another piece of trivia about how the news works is 
they have all these prepackaged and ready to go. They have death packages. I don't know if that's actually what they're called, but they have death packages for very prominent celebrities, especially people that are on uh, a lot of people's what's it called? Deadpool lists. I know I was talking with with Gene about that on the very interesting show about his company's Deadpool list. And a lot of news news organizations have Deadpool packages ready to go. And I can only imagine that the BBC has a really thick and juicy one lined up for when Queen Elizabeth just croaks. Maybe she decides that everything else around me is dead and I've got to do it too. I don't know. I, I, I can't put myself in that situation. Like, imagine you've lived the Queen's life and it has to be a sort of institutional feeling, like an institutional maybe neutral feeling at that point i can't imagine you're emotionally attached to that much because if that's your destiny if that is what you're meant to do from the day that you're born then i can imagine that your emotional connections and the way that your emotional development occurs happens differently than a lot of the rest of us and so maybe she's detached from the situation maybe she doesn't actually care maybe it was all a facade but that's just my maybe that's just my first impression i can only imagine that Queen Elizabeth is uh, experiencing some turbulent times out there. Finally, Friends is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. They've released the teaser. HBO Max released the teaser for the reunion special for Friends, finally. Now, the only reason, the only times that I've watched Friends were when I've gone to go donate blood plasma. And they play Friends a lot of the time, especially on Sundays on the TV that's there. So I have no choice but to watch Friends, and obviously it's terrible. Obviously it set a very bad precedent for male-female relationships and how you have to act as a male and a female in relationships. Obviously it did not set the bar properly for that. It was just god-awful. Look, Ross is... By the way, Ross is legitimately one of the worst fucking characters that has ever been written. He simped so hard the whole series, and then somehow, spoiler alert, he gets Rachel at the end, which, pff, that's, you're, you're teaching males the wrong lesson. That's, you, you can't, you can't force them into simphood and expect them to think that it's going to work out. But Friends, The Reunion, the official trailer has come out on HBO Max, and let me see if I can identify all these people. We got Lisa Kudrow. Has she been any in anything recently? She looks fairly old. In fact, I'll I'll put this uh let me put this this picture up on the screen here of the cast. I'm not gonna play the video because I've learned from playing the Saturday Night Live video last week that uh YouTube does not like that very much. So here's a picture. Here's just a picture. Maybe I'll put the camera back on me and we'll play a little bit of audio from it. Especially because I've heard that Matthew Perry sounds like a fucking train wreck in this video. He sounds like the drugs have gotten to him. I don't know what's happened, but he sounds like he's slurring. He sounds like he's trailing off on all of his words. He just does not sound good. So we'll I'll see if I can find a, a clip of that because they did not let Matthew Perry do much. Of course, he played uh, he played Chandler, right? Of course, we got Matt LeBlanc. He's still fucking Joey. Jennifer Aniston's back. Courtney Cox is back, too. And I have no fucking idea what the actor's name is who, is who played Ross. But oh, that was David Schwimmer, right? Yeah, there we go. It is. It is it's David Schwimmer. So they got all the actors back together. The reunion special is coming out. Let's see. It's coming out May 27th on HBO Max. So next Thursday, it'll be out on HBO Max. And if you're like, if you like Friends... Maybe check it out. I don't know. It seems it's not everybody's cup of tea, and I just think it set a very bad cultural precedent for what it uh, for what it tried to subconsciously preach. But if you're a fan of it, personally, I'm a Seinfeld guy myself. In the uh, in the the Seinfeld v Friends '90s sitcom war, I'm sorry, I'm taking Seinfeld ten out of ten times, people, and there's nothing that anybody could argue to change my mind about that. And you know what? Come at me. Seinfeld is objectively superior. It's the objectively superior show. It's funnier. It might not have had the same emotional connections that Friends had, but the emotional connections that were built on Friends were built on stupidity and improper interactions with each other. And just it it's not the way to go. I just disagree with with 
how friends handle their emotional connection. So sure, Seinfeld may not have had that, but you know what? That wasn't its place. That wasn't its place. It was a show about nothing. And you know what? God damn it. It is the best fucking sitcom of all time. Come at me. At least the best laugh track sitcom of all time. Obviously, we've got some we've got some contenders now, like uh, The Office, It's Always Sunny. But at least when it comes to classic laugh track style shows, Seinfeld is definitely, definitely the on the top of that list. God, another unpopular one. Look, I know that a lot of people hated Everybody Loves Raymond, but my mom watched it all the time growing up. And I actually think I think Everybody Loves Raymond is pretty good. If I'm being honest, I don't hate it. Obviously, it had a lot of like classical traditional tropes, which is the emotionally closed off fucking brute man that Ray Romano played. And it took a lot of the the stereotypes of the upper class white family and just really hammered it, hammered it home. But you know what? I I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with the fact that everybody loves Raymond was at least kind of good because it was it was just funny. It was a little bit relatable, at least. I mean, not that I came from an upper-class white family, at least not for most of my life, but I don't know. It was okay. Everybody Loves Raymond was probably the last good laugh track sitcom. I don't know. Let me know how you feel about that, if, especially if you're a sitcom uh, aficionado, then let me know what your opinions are about this, about the uh, the sitcom wars of 2021 that has been sparked by the relaunch of Friends. So let me know what you think about that. Leave a comment about that as well, and we will uh, we'll, we'll get to it. So let's close out the show, folks. Let's close out the week here and do Reach for the Sky. Oh, no, not my shit. Somebody do something. Reach for the Sky. Oh, no, Sheriff Woody. That's right. At the end of the show, our little cool down, Reach for the Sky, is we go to randomquestionmaker.com and we test my chops at just sitting here and taking a random question and hoping that it sparks something in my head. Now, as usual, we've got five categories, candid, weird, icebreaker, creative, and funny. And I forgot which one we went with yesterday. I think we went with, uh, I think we went with an icebreaker, didn't we? I don't know. Simulation Radio endorses TBBT, said somebody in the chat. I don't know about that. It, okay. It, maybe, maybe you caught me. Maybe you caught me. All right. Let's go with the creative question today. Let's see. Let me do a couple of these, see if I can find a good one. What's the meaning of life? What? What? You know what? Fuck this. We're ending the show. That's That's it. I'll see you guys on Monday. We're not doing that question. But yeah, I'll be back on Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Simulation Radio Live. As usual, join us tomorrow night at 11 for the very interesting show. Catch you then. Bye! Remember you all in therapy.